Have you ever wondered how to manage a sales team? It's definitely different. Salespeople are very individually focused and managing them is unlike managing anything else. Fortunately, I asked Emmett Flourish to come on the podcast. He's from control.io. He really knows his stuff because he's managed global sales teams before. So he walked us through precisely how to manage a sales team and do it really effectively. You're going to love it. Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Yes, I am Matt. I am your host. Welcome to Sastery in the Making. I am delighted to have you with us. Thank you for joining. And I'm really excited to talk with my special guest today, Emmett Flourish. Emmett, how are you doing? I'm good, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Glad to have you here. Let me tell everybody about you. So Emmett, he's the CEO and co-founder of Control.io. And what they do is they develop sales teams, one sales manager at a time. Emmett has built and scaled sales teams at every level over the last decade from being sales hire number one to head of global sales. So if you want to know how to make your sales incredible, Emmett is the man. Once again, Emmett, thanks for coming on the show. Great. Thank you. I think, uh, as I said, we share similar philosophies when it comes to the training and coaching stuff that everyone talks about in, in, in B2B SaaS. So like, I think it's a great time for us to be chatting. A uh, nice sunny day over here in Ireland, so bammy weather, and you have to listen to my dulcet tones for, for, for a few minutes here. <laughs> I love it. Well, like I uh, said before we started recording, I love Ireland. I've been over there. It was beautiful weather for us. Um, you say balmy. Well, I am in Arizona, which it pretty much always is sunny in Arizona. And for us right now, it's about 110 degrees, which I think equates to somewhere around 40 degrees Celsius for those of us who uh, go by Celsius. Really, really hot here. Not quite so balmy, though. It's very dry here in Arizona. That is that is hot weather. I lived in Texas for five years um, when I worked for CA Technologies, the air drive company. First summer over there, um, first year over there. It was a, there was an ice storm in February, so we were not expecting that in Texas. We were going, we're coming from Ireland. It's just all shorts and t-shirts. So we had to get like winter weather, and then we had six straight weeks of forty degree weather in during the summer. So it was a, an eye opener for sure. <laughs> wow, absolutely. Yeah, Texas is similar. Uh, but tell me, what's going on with you guys at Control.io, and and what's coming up for you? Yeah, I mean, we we got a lot going on. Um, right now, we're we're, we're full on product development mode. Give me a bit of a background on the company. Um, we created a SaaS product two years ago that we sold, and I say somewhat successfully, I'll call it moderately successful. Um, it wasn't a dismal failure, but we didn't exactly set the world alight either. Um, and we kind of realized there was a bigger opportunity in front of us to help sales managers do things slightly different way. So we kind of shelved that product to, to focus on this new one. Um, it wasn't so much a pivot that we did as, you know, you hear that word pivot a lot in startups, but we just did a more of a, a course correction. I mean, we still have our, our fundamental core belief that you know investing time and in coaching and developing your sales reps is the way to go for success. We're just implementing that in a little bit of a different way. So we've you know set out to create this product for sales managers that helps them manage and coach their teams. And we spent a huge amount of time talking to sales teams across the world. I have a, a, a an extensive network because I you know I worked in the states for five years and over here in Europe I have since. 2009, I've got contacts in, small amount of contacts in APAC. And then myself, my co-founder, uh, 
Julie Matkin, and we're like sponges, and we've just absorbed all this information that we could get from all the sales managers that we talked to, to make sure we're putting the right things into the product. Um, we put an early access program out there. We got about, I'd say about 30 sales managers in about 11 different companies, three, maybe four different industry types to kick the tires in the product. Uh, we got some really, really good feedback, and that's important for the, for the stage that we're at. And it just helps shape our, our future development plans and writing all that functionality, you know, based and designs based on what those customers told us and what's important to them. I think one of the big things that we figured out too is, um, you know, we cut off a potential pool of customers by focusing just on a Google integration because our background in SaaS is all about you know, Google and the companies that we've worked with and stuff like that. And a lot of my network are larger enterprise people and it was hard to get those folks um, looking at things. So we just kind of, we're plowed straight ahead and we said we do an Outlook integration first and foremost before adding any other functionality and we are like days away from pushing that into production. So that's going to really help us a lot, I think. So. I, I love it. Uh, what does the program offer that other similar platforms don't have and how are you differentiating yourselves? Yeah, it's interesting, right? So um, we've been around the world for sport on our messaging and where we where we sit and, and like there's lots of different ways to look at this and, and Control.io is a product, it, it helps sales managers and for us, sales managers that we've, well, we classify that we have the best, our, our ICP for one of better terminology is, is a B2B SaaS, usually in, in growth mode. Um, our first product was for startups with a bit of product market fit, small amount of investment up to Series A. But I was talking to someone in California recently about this product, and they were saying, like, yeah, you're you're more focused on that Series B to D growth space, right? So we uh, kind of help those sales managers get control of the day and, and build a bridge between all that uh, blocking and tackling and the reactive stuff that a sales manager has to do. You know yourself, when you're managing sales teams, what has to get done, and that you know, you, you, you're trying to have that lofty goal of, of hitting your number and developing your team, but then you're also trying to improve the, the rep productivity and, and you know the prime directive, hit your number, prime directive for a sales manager, make sure your team is doing all the right things. So we created that product that you know it's super easy and lightweight to just jot down a note or a commitment from a conversation. Um, your reps know it's exactly what's expected of them. Um, there's not a whole lot of work to it because the system kind of kicks out reminders and just helps you build that picture and join the dots up. Um, and I'm kind of going a little bit off topic on, on the question, but uh, if you think about like the problems that sales managers face at the moment, right, all those different conflicting priorities, right, get your deals done, make your number, talk to product management about feature X or engage at marketing and so on. Um, lots of those things can uh, take away from the time that you spend with your team. And those distractions, I mean, they cause one of the real kickers, which is just that mismatch in expectations or understanding based on what was discussed, right? And I think that causes a lot of problems. So what we set out to do was, was create that product that helps those sales managers and how we kind of differentiate ourselves in that way is, you know, there's loads of tools out there for you know, task management and productivity tools and all that kind of stuff, right? So we talk to all these sales managers and say, yeah, I coach my team. And they talk about their, their weekly one-to-ones or their call coaching sessions. I love being some call coaching. Everybody does, right? Gone, chorus, refract, all those kind of cool tools. But when you look at what uh, sales managers are actually doing in reality, you have a pie chart of all the interactions that they're having with their reps and a rep are paying for help with something on a deal or something they're struggling with at a particular stage in the sales process. And like those scheduled sessions that sales managers say they're having, they're, they're actually a pretty small piece of the pie overall. So like, where's the visibility on the rest, right? That's what we're trying to get to with, with our product. And that's where we're kind of a little bit different. So all the effort that you're putting in as a sales manager into those other conversations, but well, you're not tracking them. 
and there's no follow-up. So you don't know if they're having the impact that you expect them to have, right? Um, and that leads to a mismatch. So I think that, and then jump. When I was doing that, because I've been sales hire number one on the ground in EMEA on a couple of different occasions, a couple of different companies, um, and you try and do this stuff and you build up your, your picture of what you're doing over time, it just feels like a lot of work to do that in a spreadsheet or a task management team, especially when your team is growing. So we just kind of created this product that, that just helps you get control of your day, keep all the plates spinning <laughs> as you do. And then everybody asks us, so your question, right? And, and trust me, I'm getting to your, I'm getting to your question. You're, answer. you're asking me what's different from the similar platforms. Everybody asks, everybody anchors what they know. So I say, hey, I'm, I'm going to help you with uh, performance management or productivity. And you go, great, it's a perform sales performance management tool. Oh, not, not, not really, because everyone asks, does it integrate with CRM? And a lot of sales performance management tools, they have their dashboards and they have their CRM integrations and you know, their analytics that pile in on top of that. I love the AI play tools, by the way, but they're only as good as the data that's going into the CRM. So they're only as good as your sales process, right? So good data in, good data out, bad data in, bad data. Then we say, okay, mm -hmm. go help you with coaching. Oh, you're a coaching platform. So mm, not really, but it sits very nicely beside those. And I think you probably... We'll, we'll appreciate this phrase pre preaching to the choir. I, I don't that translates over there, but like when you do call coaching, or, or you, you you tell someone they have to do call coaching, and say you you're, you're using your gong or, or, or course or whatever, you still have to have somewhere that says, as a manager, I need you to do this based on this session, and you want all that stuff to sit in the same place as all the other things you're doing with that, right? Like outside of the deal specific stuff that sit in the CRM, obviously, right? And what we found is the really good sales managers out there, the really successful people, they usually hack something together, right? They use docs or spreadsheets and emails and probably Slack channels and stuff like that, or just a bunch of generic tools to achieve what, what Control.io does. So, so those DIY systems are, are probably the closest thing to our product, and, and we differentiate by having it. So all of those little things all in the one place together in the one platform is what makes it different. Yeah. So uh, uh, my guess is, and you and I have both managed sales teams, my guess is, though, and you mentioned the really good ones are doing this, but there's a lot of the others who don't know exactly what to do, and they don't know how best to manage their team. Do you face that a lot? Do you, do you need to do some market education to kind of coach them on how to be better sales managers and directors so that they can not only manage their teams better, but use your product more efficiently? Yeah, 100%. Um, there's a big educational sale component to what we do, um, you know. My background, everyone, when I first started a company a few years ago, I talked to all these startups and everyone goes, we just want you to be our head of sales. Will you come in and be our head of sales? And you get the, 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 big, the big cash money offers to come in and join a company and they go, yeah, it'd be great to do that. And I could probably do that for a year or two, make, make a ton of money, but it's just not scalable. Um, I, so like the first product was kind of almost like that. It was like productized consulting. So that's kind of why we shifted our focus on this other product because um, the series B to D companies that are, are like your series A, you go, okay, got my investors in, everyone's going to focus on sales and marketing, drive, drive the process, get, get me more seat bums on seats. And, and I need to, I need to have all my salespeople lined up. I think as you, as you go further out, you put more rigor around the process and you can bring in a different leadership. You might get a CRO or a senior VP that really wants to drill in on the data and understand what's happening with their team. And that's where they, they, they're the ones that would be most likely, you know, pushing out a new piece of tech to, to a sales management team. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is something that I've always kind of looked at as pretty funny, but 
What do you see as different when you're managing teams in different environments? Small, medium business type stuff that you're going after, really transactional sales versus the enterprise stuff with the long, heavy sales cycles. How do you see managing those teams different? Yeah, I mean, there's 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 quite a lot there. I mean, obviously, you have some tactical level things that are different between enterprise and and, and SMB or transactional, and I I get I get frustrated by that to be honest with you because you know I think when I talk to companies and 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 they make some really confusing statements around sales process. So, for example, I talk to companies and they say, "Oh, we have a your your stuff's very transactional." Um, you know, my sales guys are going to hate the CRM and they don't want to do the admin. I'm going well. Hating CRM is a piece of software. It's not the CRM that's broken. It's your process that's broken. But look, we'll, we'll park that to the side for a second because that's a whole other podcast and a whole other discussion. <laughs> but obviously, um, you know, we, we, we do enterprise. We've just, you know, we're focused on relationships. We do three or four deals a quarter. That's it. I, I get it. That's cool. But like, are you not, are you not coaching and, and, and mentoring and, and developing those sales reps? Would you not want to get five or six deals a quarter, add a third, right. 40, 50% to your business? So like, what if you could take, what if you could take the process, you tweak your process, take some of the SMB learnings, apply it to enterprise and vice versa. So like the SMB transactional teams that I've led, all software, right? Um, they've all been data-driven and they've task or activity and CRM focused. Um, the one thing I've learned in that space, though, is that driving clarity is a must-have when you're driving volume, right? I'm going to use my quote mark fingers here. You don't have the luxury <laughs> um, of hanging around when trying to close those deals. You have to drive clarity to get the pace to you know, do your 30 transactions in a month to hit your number. Make a ton of money in SMB. I think that's where a lot of guys make mistakes. They get blindsided by the big number on enterprise. But you, know, you make a lot of money in SMB, especially in the SaaS space. I think the enterprise folks could 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 kind of learn the same way, and by that I mean, okay, your enterprise, large public sector deal, do a lot of those ones, um, federal government in, in the US, and there's a kind of an RFP process or a standardized procurement process to follow. It's fantastic. You don't have to stare at that deal in your CRM, hoping to make something happen in June. You know, if they close it's July and they're going to uh, do a vendor selection in August and maybe a contract award in September. So you know you. Peg it, move, move on. So you kind of have to plan your business around kind of the known knowns that you know about. So if all your deals are scheduled for December close, because that's when, again, my quote mark finger is your enterprise that buyers buy, then I need to figure out what I need to do to put some of that forward or create a different type of pipeline on a different date. But on the flip side, for your, for, for your SMB guys, you know, you can learn a lot about account mapping and relationship mapping from the enterprise guys, because Sometimes you need more than just one champion, even if it's a within a 30-day sales cycle. I need to know that Bob in IT has an IT manager who has to go to a VP to get some kind of level of funding for this deal if, if it's more than five grand single sign-off. You know, some, some companies will get 10, 12 grand as enterprise. To me, enterprise is mid-six figures up to seven figures. Some companies' enterprise is seven figures and above. But my point is, you know, you want to get that deal across the line. I need to know what's happening there. Same deal fundamentals can apply. Know your customer, industry, drive for clarity and timelines, have a plan of engagement. I think when it comes to managing your team, probably the same thing. You have to get clarity and set expectations. It's kind of, you know, you can tell them a little bit about that stuff because I built the product around it. But, um, you know, I think that's the major differences kind of between SMB and enterprise. 
Yeah, I would agree. And both require constant training, constant retraining, constant, you know, guidance from that sales manager. When you look at it from their perspective, I think too many times we kind of let people go and hope that it's going to work. And we need to really stay on them constantly to make sure that they're, they're continuing to improve, continuing to evolve and get better and better at what they do. Uh, what I want to ask you though is, you know, what do you think is the best thing about managing a sales team from your perspective, Emmett? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the best things for managing the sales team, I mean, you will get rewarded for the success that you have. Shadow of doubt. If you can, if you can, well, I found for me, if I can um, create the right process and infrastructure for a company and help them grow and invest in the team. So I went from sales hire number one to a team of 28 in like less than two years, um, hire the right people in there. Um, you get a lot of success for that. Um, and obviously, yeah. Everyone makes lots of money in that point, but you'll be part of the growth engine when you do that. Um, I think it's also it's a dual-edged sword, though, right? Because like what what you do to get you there doesn't keep you there. So you know that phrase of you know I don't know how you do it in in the, in the U.S. You probably talk like you know Triple A to minor league to major league in the baseball. What gets you up along those routes doesn't keep you there. So you have to kind of adjust and 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 do things a little bit differently. Which is to your point earlier. I guess one of the challenges I had like when I first started as a sales manager was um, going, I got this, I know it, I'm doing this, it's good. And I got my first four reps and they were doing it the exact same way. And then I brought in more reps and more reps and they started doing things a little bit different way. And I didn't adapt quickly enough. Mm -hmm. And like, you have to have that constant repetition and reinforcement in your coaching and your, and your mentoring and your developing the team, you know? I completely agree. You know, that's one thing that I think people don't do enough of. And you talked about it. I call it, what's the correct next right thing? Like what you do at this stage may have worked, but it doesn't work at this next stage or at another stage later. You've got to have that correct next right thing. What other issues or mistakes do you see happening in sales management and leadership? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple of really big ones, I think. Um, like to your point there, the, the, the right thing at the right time to the right outcome is a phrase that I kind of say all the time. And like I, I work with clients and, and they have bring people onto these sales calls and they start talking about CRM admin. And I'm going, hey, I just I just had one of your reps close the biggest deal in the history of the company on a Friday and it's Monday morning in the sales meeting. You know, no, no. And it's coming into the end of quarter. Uh, no, no, it's not the time to worry about the CRM. Admin. Yes, CRM admin is huge, but not right now. So timing is all about what you need to do with the right thing at the right time. Um, don't things like there's two big things I find for 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 managing sales teams. Right, you can't treat all reps all the same. It's like it's like content. Right, I listen to podcasts. I don't watch a lot of video. I like to read the transcripts of podcasts because I consume a lot by reading. Um, you know, so so do not. With reps is the same thing. So when you're when when you're when you're dealing with sales reps, I'm I have reps that I could I could almost joke about like gallows humor. Oh God, I'm gonna get fired if this deal doesn't happen. And and they know it's just banter. But I also had really really sensitive people that would would actually go. Oh. I remember I passed uh, one of the one of the girls that was on my team a few years back in the office, um, and I was she, she was walking past on the office and said, Hey Emma, how's it going? And she goes, Oh, you're there. I said, half five, half day, is it? She goes, oh, you used to say that to me in the office all the time when I was leaving and I used to make me feel terrible. I never realized it made her feel terrible, right? Because it was just a joke. It was something an old VP used to say to me. If you were finishing on time, it was a half day. So you got to realize that every 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 rep is a little bit different. And then I think um, 
one of the challenges a lot of managers have is is the big one, right? And you probably see this in your space is is people hiding in spreadsheets. Like I love some data, I love spreadsheets. I build really complex ones and fancy dashboards, but like reporting is just part of the job, but it's not the one that makes the biggest impact. It won't impact on your sales sales reps at all. You have to guide and coach them, you know? Uh, I absolutely agree. I call it, people get locked into being CRM managers instead of people managers, right? They're really yeah. focused on looking at the numbers, the CRM and this and this, and they kind of you know, as a manager, the director, VP, whatever it is, they kind of just lock in on the computer and they're just watching the numbers the whole time instead of get out there, talk with your people, meet with them, work with them, role play with them, make sure that they're, they have the support. Uh, and I've been guilty of it myself when I get a little too locked in on, on the CRM or on spreadsheets, like you say, don't leave it up to just watching the numbers on a screen. Make sure that you're communicating with your people, supporting your team, giving them everything they need. Be, you know, uh, personable with them. Continue that training, and that's that's huge. I completely agree, Emmett. Yeah, I think I think it's a symptom of the. Well, for me, it's a symptom of 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 B two B and SaaS particularly because it's the it's where I've seen the most most of it happen. And like other industries, not 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 as much, but on the software side and and like I've been in inside sales, and I guess the the new word for that is virtual selling. You know, since since I moved back to the states, when I was in the states, it was field sales, and when I came back, it was inside sales. So since two thousand and nine, um, and and we managed to a certain extent on on CRM stuff, but like B two B SaaS, I think it, it's just a model that worked maybe ten years ago. To, to, to beat people up and and like you're seeing as a manager uh you're the lever on the productivity so i talked to a ceo recently and and his head of sales said yeah i went out there and, and he had a problem with the sdr and you know put a rocket under him and he went out there and he made more calls i said but is that really the right the right approach because he he saw it in the data that the calls were down but like why are the calls down is it because the, the the sdr is having better call quality and longer calls is it because he didn't have enough leads? Is it because he was tied up talking to marketing about something? Ask the, the root cause. Within, within two months that SDR had left that company, he went, ah, I'm done, hand in my notice and left. So like, you know, that, that can happen. I, I know it's different over, over in the States, but over here, notice periods and all that, people leave. But I think the, the problem I see is, is, is managers jump to a conclusion around the data without actually thinking what's actually going on here and there may be two or three or four different paths no sometimes it is hey the sdr just didn't pick up the damn phone right <laughs> but we have to figure out what you're doing with it in, in, in a way that's right and know the, the the data will inform you what to do but you have to know what to do to, to get the right action out i completely agree i want to ask <laughs> what advice do you have for software leaders or sales managers who are just starting out what can you share yeah, for, for, for people just starting out, right, it's, it's tough out there. I think, um, you know, 10, 15, like say my, before, before I started Control Radio, work, worked in, the, in, in project management space, productivity space, um, Ireland's leading SaaS company, indigenous SaaS company. So you hear about all the big companies like, you know, the Stripes and the Intercoms and all that, but like we have a huge SaaS industry over here in Ireland. There's lots of companies out there um, that have closed, you know, Series A, 15, 20 million rounds. Um, and, and 10 or 15 years ago, yeah, you, like you could get into a space like, like CRM or productivity. No, no, you can't, right? So, so like the productivity space, you had ClickUp getting 30 million in funding. Monday went public. 
Asana's out there, you know, all these big name companies, uh, Reich and uh, all that kind of stuff. So, so, so you, right now you have to do a lot of research, 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 research before you do anything else, research. Like my co-founder, Julie is just, she's the guru when it comes to research and we spend, she's, she's the product person and we spend a lot of time talking to lots of the sales managers before we even put a line of code together for the, for the new product. So got to know your ICP and your industry to make sure you're providing something that solves the problem, right? I love that. I've heard that so much from some of the best SaaS owners, the best product managers. You've got to know your ICP. You've got to know your customer. Research, talk to them, have those conversations. That's how you can make sure you're developing your product, your service to them. I love that you guys did that. And that's probably one of the main foundations of your success. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And and also, um, you know, the, like I said, the SaaS industry, right? It's exploding. Everyone knows about the, you know, the, the, the multi-billion dollar TAM that's out there for SaaS. But you got to take it down a level. So the, the SaaS before was software as a service. Now you have software as a service for product or industry X or vertical X, whatever. So like, there's plenty of room to make more products in SaaS for a niche or a niche. Um, it's, and that's why we focus on sales managers because there's loads of sales productivity tools out there. Like we talked about, right? The, the ones that talk to the CRMs or they build on the analytics or the dashboards or you know the call coaching tools like, like Gong Course. They all focus on the sales reps, right? Um, now they help obviously sales managers a little bit, right? So if I if I'm if I'm the product Gong. And I see, hey, sales reps are doing all these doing all these calls, and they're, and they're not focusing enough on discovery. And I wave my little yellow flag, and I go, hey, Mr. Sales Manager, talk to that sales rep about the lack of discovery. Still gotta still gotta have a session there to to say, okay, what am I talking to them about, or how do I do this, or how? And like you can do it at an individual call level in those tools, but as a collective whole, as a session on call coaching, or maybe I have to spot a trend that I, I need to do something about. Um, product demos or product knowledge or role playing, and I need to do that for the whole team. You got to put that somewhere else, right? So you got to have a tool for that for, for your sales manager, and that's kind of that's kind of niche we're focusing on. You. Know? I love it. Looks like you guys are doing some great stuff too, Emmett. This has been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot. It's been a lot of fun sharing some of the best practices. I want to know for everybody out there, how can they learn more about you and Control.io? Yeah, um, that's good. It's good. We're, we're we're kind of a little bit different because like you won't find us on every social media platform. That was one of the things that we we started off doing. We didn't want to be on you know Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all that. So LinkedIn, it's our primary space. Uh, we have our website control.io and we post all our blog content on there. If anyone wants to head over there and request access to the product, they can get a you know a free trial. It's fully functioning, fourteen day trial. If anyone wants to take a look, what I would say to anyone though is even if you don't have the time or inclination to to look at more tech, just follow me personally on LinkedIn or our company page so you can get access to all the blog content. Okay, perfect. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well for everybody watching and listening. You'll see that there. But Emmett, thank you for coming on the show. This has been a lot of fun. Excellent. Thank you for having me. It's been brilliant. And look, I'm loving the content you're putting out there. I've, I look back to a, a couple of the other blog posts, the, the Jason and the J ones and, and the Outbound and all that kind of good stuff. I think that's a big area for for a lot of early stage startups to look at is outbound. So I love that content that you put out there and I'm just being delighted to be on the podcast. And it was really great to chat. So thanks a lot. Likewise. Thanks for consuming the content. Glad you like it. Appreciate the feedback. And for everybody out there like Emmett, make sure you subscribe. That way you're going to be able to get all of these episodes, all this great information from experts like Emmett sharing their most valuable pieces of insight. That way you're going to be able to level up yourself and your company. So make sure you hit that subscribe. We appreciate you coming. We will see you next time. Take care.